welcome back to Chalks and Dogs. We're sitting at the Casa? Yeah, I guess, Casa, man. We're in the Casa. studio. We're in the studio today, man. How's it going? Season two. Season two. Living it up. Living the dream. Yep. Had a little break in there. Everything, uh, you know, I, I, he won't admit it, but I'm going to be honest with why we haven't been on. Uh, the Cubs lost in the playoffs. Remember oh, that? God. And Eric had to go into hiding. That was one hell of a series, though. It was good. It was good. I was I was excited. What man. were you doing? Where were the socks? I was I was moping. Yeah, they're home. Yeah, they Robin Ventura sitting on his ass like he always does. Yeah, yeah, dude. We got a huge show, and uh, I know we got a, we got some people calling in. But uh, E, why don't you run through the guests real quick? Um, it's good to be back, man. Right back. It is. Yeah, it is fun. It's fun seeing Dave's melon and uh, his Bears hat still. Still probably represent Ohio State. Anyways, we're going to, uh, today's episode, we have Adam Johns from uh, the Sun-Times covering the NFL and the Bears. Uh, next up will be, I'm going to butcher his name. He's going to know it. I'm going to come when he comes on. Sahadev Sharma? Yeah, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. It was a, t- it was a tough one, yeah. Sahadev. It looks yeah. like Sahadev. It's probably he easier. He covers the Cubs, Sox, uh, for athletic, uh, com, Athletic Chicago. Um, on Twitter, um, he's going to break down the baseball season coming up. Uh, Cubs started today. I think the Sox start tomorrow, maybe. Uh, preseason or preseason? Oh my god! Um, spring training. Spring training. It's that time of year. Yeah. Man. So we're going to go to him, and then we're going to rock with uh, Scott Powers today too, talking some Beehawks. Yeah, Scott Powers. You know, I was just thinking he's, about he's him. Not at, he's not in ESPN Chicago no more. Yeah, oh yeah, I know. I know. He's at, he's at the Athletic dot com too. Uh, Athletic Chicago. Uh, on Twitter, yeah, I saw his shy on Twitter. My fault. Yeah, his uh, his his Twitter changed, um, and actually, all kinds of changes. Uh, we made some adjustments to our website, so hopefully, if you go to EastHamEntertainment dot com, um, or you know what, we tweeted out enough. You go to at Chalks and Dogs on Twitter, at Chalks and Dogs on Facebook. Uh, you, you can catch us there. We're all over the place, but now when you go to our site, it should hopefully be easier to catch our most recent episode. So make sure you check that out. Follow us. Um, the best thing you could do if you're listening to the show, give us a like, give us a, give us a a five star rating would be awesome on iTunes because that's what really drives it. So maybe we can get, um, yeah. Barstool big cat with his part in my take. Did you see that? No, he's he's number one. Oh, is he really? Do you follow those guys? No, no, I don't. He's the number one. He's got the number one podcast in the, in the whole world right now. It's called pardon my take from pardon the interruption and then first take. Oh, is it uh so he's got the number one sports podcast. Probably not the number one podcast. Number one podcast. Are you serious? Not joking. I saw big cat, big cat. Wow. That's awesome. So we're going to rock with uh, Scott Powers, and then we're going to go to Tim Doyle from 120 Sports, who talks about NBA and NCAA. And then for Davey, my boy, we're going to talk to UFC with Rich Ewalt. Fought a couple fights um, on the lower level, really knows his UFC, so we'll break down the fights this and, weekend. And I think he was he was over at Scores, wasn't he? Was yeah. he there? Yeah. So he was like, dude, you guys got to talk more MMA. And so this so, week we're hey. looking at our show, and I'm like, E. E, there's a huge e, e doesn't follow UFC just like I really I don't follow NBA as much so we have our strengths we have our weaknesses I'm like E there's a huge fight we got to get somebody to talk MMA and he's like Richie Richie's the guy Richie is the guy and um we'll we'll have E tip on again give us some plays once the NCAA uh, tournament comes rolling around 
So yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. That's coming up too, man. Uh, I know that's quick. That's when we debuted. I know, I know. Right? So yeah, we did uh, early, early on. Is there anybody you like in NCAA hoops right now? The top ten every week seems like someone's getting beaten. This year, it's going to be tough. Yeah, really tough. I um, know. It's a, it's a goofy. There's no one. There's no one that's really going to stand out. No one's going to uh, blow you away. Um, it's going to be a fun NCAA tournament. So. Definitely, definitely, um, we're going to have E-Tip, like I said, on and, and go from there. And uh, maybe we'll have a couple other guys get with from the gambling perspective come on and see what they can give us. Um, Richie's going to break down the fight again tonight, like I said, and he's going to give us a couple plays on the UFC on the undercard too, not even even the top fights he, who he likes. Right on. Maybe we'll talk to Tim Doyle about um, some NCAA who he likes in the March Madness. But that's that's – that's the guests. Uh, we're rocking and rolling for the first show. Um, thanks again for listening. Uh, David, I appreciate it. You know, it's uh, it's good to be back on. And I like rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling, talking and talking and talking. So that's about it. We're going to we're gonna rock out with uh, our first guest. And uh, what do you think of, uh, what do you think, <laughs> what about the Bulls, Mass? I'm not a even, fucking disaster, dude. The, yeah, you wonder why I'm not into into NBA hoops. I just can't do it. I don't know, man. Like, I'm the kind of guy that when 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 my team's not doing well, I check out. And I'm probably like most other, like, I'm probably like most other um, sports guys. You know, like the normal sports dude, right? I I was all in. The only the only team that I'll follow no matter what uh, is probably the Bears. If I'm being honest, like the Sox too, though. Yeah, I mean, I follow the Sox, but even still, like with the long season, if they're stinking it up, I'll check out. I'll just check out. I'm like, I don't have time for this. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough, and and I know I'll take. You go to a game, though, won't you? Oh, I'll go to a game. I'll go to a game even if they suck. I like going to a game. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to take time out of my day to call. watch. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to take time out of my day to. Uh, to go watch one of one of my teams uh, stink it up on TV. I got better things to do. No, I agree. You know? I agree. I mean, the I can't even. The Bulls are just a mess. <clears throat> I mean, are you watching Bulls games right now? Yeah, I'm still. Yeah, it's it's. I'm so disappointed. I hate it. It's it's a disaster. It is. You know, they 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 had Thibodeau. They got rid of him. Um, then they brought in Hoiberg, who's who's uh, Gar's guy. Yeah, it is a depleted roster. A lot falls on Pax and Gar. Um, they don't have the players. Yes, people are hurt. Is Hoiberg the, the old Vinny Del Negro? I don't know. Is he Mark Tressman all over again? I don't know. Is he Robin Ventura? He's. I think he's all three of them. You know, I don't think he. I don't think he's really that good of a coach. Uh, I think they checked out on him already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in for a long. Re- they're in for a rebuild. But what you know? What are they doing to fix it? That's the thing. Who knows? Garden packs you know? sit on their sit on their asses and don't do anything. To be honest with you, man. Are they sticking with Rose? Are they going with Jimmy Butler? Who are they? I've this been team hearing. On? I've been hearing about. There's a guy that is. Uh, it's funny. He uh, coaches one of my the bitty teams that I, the basketball All right. at, at the at my work, and he was telling me that uh, Ryan Zerf's going to resign Rose. After really? Next, after not this year, the well, the following year, they're gonna yeah, they're gonna resign him for what league minimum? He's so gar. God, I I don't know what to tell tell you about him. I mean, I love him. I like the way he plays sometimes, and he just takes off, and he's hurt and body soreness, and he's looking for his next contract. I understand that. 
Then they heard they want to re-sign Paul Gasol. Paul Gasol is 36, 37 years old. You want to play up-tempo offense, but then you got Paul Gasol running the floor. It doesn't make sense. The whole thing is a fucking mess. Yeah, it is. They're a mess. Dude. It's a mess. There's no. I don't even know what to look forward to. It's like usually, all right. So you you you, you got buckets. You know, all right. You got that. But I mean, outside of that, what is there to look forward to? What is there to say? You know, like with the Bears. You know, all right. You don't like Cutler, but you got a good young running back. You got a good receiving core. You're not that far away. I mean, you were competitive last year. You know, what do you have with the Bulls? It's like they have no identity, that team. it has. No, they have no identity. It seems like they've checked out. I, I don't get it, man. That's, it's, it makes me so fucking mad. <laughs> Seriously. It's not even, you know, they, they, he gets his guy in, Foreman, and they're a mess. You know, I, I used to love watching the team, how they used to grind out games. And, and yes, there's Thibodeau has his, his flaws. You know, he, he, he drives guys into the ground and he, and he, and he practices hard. And I wish Thibodeau would have worked on his coaching. Right. And, and said, okay, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe I'm pushing, maybe I'm pushing him too hard. too hard or, you know, hold back a little bit. Cause he was a good coach. And well, now they wanted the, they wanted the anti, uh, yeah, they want Hoiberg. The anti Thibodeau. Yeah, so they got Hoiberg, who just sits around and and then. So I don't know. I don't even like talking about them. It's rough, dude. It's rough. And you and you, I know you're a basketball guy, so I know it kills you. I was all in, man. I was all in. Um, you know, when Jordan retired, I retired. I'm one of those guys. It's hard to be, it's hard to get back in. You know, I watched the games and um, our buddy Sammy will probably debate me on this, but I just I don't know. It's not the basketball. I don't. I don't feel watching it. It, does, it doesn't feel like the basketball isn't as good. It doesn't seem like guys play defense to the last five ten minutes. It's weird. NBA is a weird game. I tried. I was going to get Sammy on. He's actually at a work function, so he couldn't come on. But uh, makes me mad. But hey, I got the Cubs coming, man. Are you excited? Dude, on paper, yeah. How can you not be? Right on paper, of course, of course. They're young. Yeah, well, they're young. They're um, they're young. They're talented. They got the coach. They're dancing at spring training. Yeah, they showed up to spring training early. Like, what's up with that? They're they're on a mission this year. That's what it looks like. If I'm are you mad? No, no, I'm happy. I think it's cool. Are you, are you a little bit inside of you. Are you wish that. Do you wish the Sox were like them right now? I. You know what? I wish. I wish. Because Dave, you won one. In 2000, well, not you, but the Sox won one in 2005. Right. Okay. You've been in the playoffs one more time since then. Right. Okay. Right. All right. The yeah. Cubs might give us, my. I'm not saying I'm not part of the team. If they can give two in the next 10 years, right? we're going to rock and roll. Right. Two, two in the next 10 years. I mean, if, the, right. if the Cubs can give us that. Can we're going to welcome in our, our guy, Adam Johns, from the Sun-Times covering the Bears. And little, no more Blackhawks. He's all Bears now. Adam, what's up, bud? Hello, fellas. Long time. How you been? I know. Yeah, I'm doing all right, you know. I, I wish this snow would go away finally. It keeps teasing us. But uh, free agency's around the corner. The draft's coming up. Football's in full swing, fellas. Awesome, man. Awesome. How was the combine? It was good. It was good. It's a great town. Um, and it, it, you've been through Indianapolis, I'm sure, you know, maybe the Final Four, too, is the way you guys hoop it up. But uh, uh, great town. Um, I, I like it. You can walk 
you know, really everywhere. All the hotels are down there, great restaurants, got to go to St. Elmo's, you know, lots of good food. Cool, man, cool. Um, can we talk a little bit about the Combine? Um, what's your takeaway from it? Anybody stand out from the Bears' perspective and as well as the NFL perspective? Really, for the Bears, the only thing that stands out is the Alshon Jeffrey negotiations. Look, you know, the draft is a month away, fellas, more more than that. So, yes, you get a, you get a good feel for some of these prospects. Like Ezekiel Elliott, he's an impressive player. Um, Joey Bosta, and he's an impressive player. I mean, I'm naming Ohio State guys, I know. Yes, but, that's good. Um, that's, keep keep really, naming them. I love them. <laughs> There's tons of them, tons of them. You know, if if you want to focus on the draft, this is a good year for defensive linemen, and the combine continues to go through in that regard. Um, but the Bears, from from the Bears' perspective, what, what the combine is great for is you know talking to agents, and and this really was the the kickoff um, for the Alshon Jeffrey negotiations. Yes, they franchise tagged them. It was expected. It, it was going to happen. Um, that's it's going to be a starting point to $14.6 million. And, and really, if you're going to mention anybody or anything about the combine in the Bears, get the start with Alshon Jeffrey. For our listeners, Adam, um, what, what can we take away? You know, what, what's, what are the, where are the Bears going to look? I know you, you talked to your insiders there. Um, where are they looking at for their first, first pick? You know what? Pick a place, man. I, I mean, you can really go anywhere, and, and it would make sense to them. Even, even quarterback, I mean, if a Jared Goff or Carson Wentz, you know, your top quarterback, one of them falls to number 11, it would make sense to grab one of them. I, I would think you need to have a long-term viable solution after Jay Cutler moves on. I mean, yes, the Bears believe in Jay Cutler, but what if one of those guys are there? So you got to prepare for that scenario. Um, really, you could go – I think you have to go defense, but, again, you, could go no, you, could go, you can't go wrong with any position. Um, I just think – if you look at the offense, you have Kevin White and Alshon Jeffrey. You have an offensive line that's pretty much intact. You do have Cutler. It's Jeremy Langford, who you believe in. The tight end class is very thin. So you're not taking a guy there at number 11. You have to go defense, in my opinion. Again, it's very deep at defensive linemen, defensive tackles. You could probably wait to the second or third round to get a guy like that. If you look at, like, a Noah Spence, you know, a former Ohio State guy, you know, at number 11 there. Maybe you find that pass rusher. You know, Shaq Lawson, you know, a defensive end from Clemson. I mean, you can name all sorts of guys, all sorts of fit the Bears 3-4 defense there. I, you know, I'm not a huge, you know, football, like, uh, expert, you know, on ESPN or whatever, but I, you know, when I watch football, you know, I, I, I love cornerbacks. I think cornerbacks are humongous on the defense. You know, you could play on, you could play, Double on one side, you leave the guy on his own little island. Anybody out there, maybe, because, I mean, the Bears' corners are, you know what, iffy, you know? Like, anybody out there, maybe maybe they'll go get a corner? Do you know anybody on the free, are they going to go free agency for that? Are they not going to look at corner or safety? Or what, what do you think on that? I mean, look, see, the Bears have to get younger. The kid from Florida is outstanding. It's supposed to be a pretty good class for cornerbacks as well. If there's two strengths to this draft, everybody's saying defensive tackles, defensive linemen. And cornerback. So, I mean, you could you should grab one if you're the Bears. Look at the Bears' situation at cornerback. You got Kyle Fuller. Do they fully believe in him? Is it is his confidence there? It was real shaky last year. He finished on a strong note. Vic Fangio said he was coming around, so that seems to be a positive there. You know, that was a guy who was drafted in the first round. 
you know, last year, you know. So the Bears kind of have to believe in him and move forward. It would be in their best interest to. Um, and the other side, there's Tracy Porter. The guy's going to turn 30 in August, going to be a free agent. What do you do with him? I mean, you're not going to overpay him. What's going to be the market for him? Um, you're going to see how he how it plays off for him in that regard. Um, he has decisions to make there. But, yeah, in terms of the draft, in terms of the Bears are, are suited right now, or, or fitted, I should say. Um, the, the draft looks like I should have a couple nice players. Um, you're not going to build through free agency. You build through the draft. What do you think? Um, what do you think the effect having another new offensive coordinator, albeit a guy coming up through the ranks? I mean, how many how many uh, offensive coordinators does Jay have to deal with in his career? Is this going to have an effect on their offense? Is there going to be another learning curve and and all that stuff? Or you think it's going to be a pretty smooth transition? Yeah, I, I think the transition started when when Dow Loggins was hired. I think he was part of the plan to begin with. Look, Adam Gates was hired fully knowing that he would leave after one year if Jay Cutler did well. He was a head coaching candidate last year. His name only became hotter this year with Jay Cutler having some level of success. So the Bears, down Fox, knew this was a situation that was coming for him. They sort of envisioned from the start that Dow Loggins could be the succession, the successor, the succession plan to Gase. Um, look, Jay Cutler, Adam Gase, great relationship, but Dow Loggins and Jay Cutler, great relationship. So he had his own new wrinkles, his own new, you know, his own flair to the Bears' offense. But the system, the language, for the most part, is going to stay the same. They're going to run what Gase was running here for the Bears. Be minor tweaks, but as far as the transition, I don't think there will be. You know, they get a new quarterbacks coach, they get a new receivers coach. So there could be some differences in those situations. But in terms of Cutler and Loggins, Bears knew this was coming. Cutler believes in the guy, you know. And again, the Bears saw this coming. Since the start when Gase was hired, can we get your perspective on Matt Forte real quick? I, you know, I'm a big fan of his. Do you think they maybe should have gave him like a two year contract, held him on for a couple more years, and uh, where do you think he ends up? I think they were going to spend money as a Bears in free agency, but they weren't going to spend it on the running back position because they believe in what Jeremy Langford and what Kadeem Carey can do now. I mean, Kadeem Carey, really, his emergence last year is a viable backup. Really spelled the end of Matt Forte, in my opinion. If, if Kadeem Carey struggles, you bring Matt Forte back. You know, you try to work out a deal that's affordable for both sides. But look, this is just a part of the turning of the page the Ryan Pace era. I'm, I mean, Matt Forte was the last draft pick. Last draft pick on the team from the Jerry Angelo wow. era. Wow. So, yeah, they're, they're slipping the page here. Look, he was a great bear, one of the best bears running backs of all time. But, you know, he, he's in it, he's hitting 30. That The Bears have, you know, a, a guy in Jeremy Langford that believe in that Forte may get paid out there in the agent market. Um, now he gets a head start in that. So, look, they treated him very respectfully. Ryan Pace handled a very man-to-man like, you know, so that speaks volumes about his character and how he's running the Bears right now. So, look, I get it. He's a fan favorite, but this is all part of the new order, you know, the new world order, if you want to call it, on the Ryan Pace and Jack Fox. Adam, we can't thank you enough for coming on. Let's get some plugs in. I noticed uh, um, 
you got a new Facebook page, Talking Bears, uh, facebook.com slash <laughs> <laughs> Adam-Johns. Uh, very interesting information. Uh, it looks like you post you know, frequently. I, 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 I kind of hide on that Facebook, but, you know, some, some readers are reaching out to me, and I, and I like keeping some stuff, you know, well, private. Yeah, so. you're, you're not hiding very well because you have a pin to the top of your Twitter page, my friend. <laughs> oh, no, the page. Yeah, it's fine, but you know the, the personal stuff. Oh you know, no, I, no, I, no, no, no! We don't want to give out. We no don't want to get personal. No, no, no! You, no, you no, no! The bear stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, the bear stuff. Right, right. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> uh, follow Adam uh, at Adam Johns. That's J A H N S. Uh, Adam, anything else we can plug for you, buddy? Sports Talk Live, right? Yeah, With no, the Catman. We're good. Yeah. Well, once the football season is full swing, we'll be in Sports Talk Live regularly again. You know, and hey, check out the New Sun Times website. We'll say that. Absolutely. All right, Adam, we appreciate it, man. You, uh, Hey, how about uh, you been watching any ND hoops or no? <laughs> I haven't. You know, I, I, I caught them early on uh, on the Cube. I know they just beat Waukegan in the regionals, right? Yeah, they play uh, Loyola. My brother's the uh, uh, associate athletic director there, and he coaches the uh, head girls varsity. So they play Loyola tomorrow night at like 7 at Loyola for regions. Really? Actually, that's very intriguing. You know, I may have to... Uh Definitely turn on the cube. Actually, that's actually very intriguing. Nice. You know, I, I think Notre Dame, I, I hear they, they had a bad run of health, and now they're back to full strength. So We'll see. We'll see what happens. We appreciate it, Adam, man. Have a good night. All right, fellas. Take care. All right, see All right, bye. What the got, Bears, man. I, you're not the, draft, the draft's going to be just, it's, it's going to be, I don't know. You're not going to find anyone more knowledgeable when it comes to the Chicago Bears than Mr. Adam Johns. So, uh, that is a treat. We greatly appreciate him coming on. You can uh, check him out on Sun Times and uh, you know re- read him there. Man, what a wealth of information! Going to the combine, what a gig, huh? I know, <laughs> what a gig! It's unbelievable. I tell you what, man, that would be such a cool, uh, a cool. G- I guess maybe everything has its. I guess uh, everything has its. Uh, um, ups and downs. And no matter what you do, I'm sure we we look at it like it's awesome. He's probably like, oh crap, the combine again, another year. I know. All right. But he probably gets away a little bit. Yeah, probably. So we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with some more guests. We'll be right back. All right, let's switch some gears, talk some Cubs, Sox, MLB with Sahadev. Uh Sharman from, uh, what is it, at, at, athletic, at athletic Shy on Twitter and AthleticChicago.com? Uh, just TheAthletic.com. TheAthletic.com. There you go. Uh, that's a new little gig. You and John Greenberg and all those guys, Scott Powers, put in, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, John uh, started a, a little while ago. Well, I mean, I was there when we debuted, but he, he got recruited a little while ago and uh, uh, brought me aboard uh, a few months ago, and, and we've been uh, churning out content uh, for the past uh, six weeks or so. Nice. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen a lot of it. And uh, are you in Arizona right now? I'm not. I was there for the first week or so of camp. How- and, uh, uh, no, go on. How's the atmosphere? Uh, I mean, it's, it, you know, there's a lot of hype. I was there right when, uh, you know, Fowler showed up. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of, uh, I don't, I don't want to say it's too much because the, the hype is deserved. You know, they put together a pretty great team, but it's, uh, it's one of those situations where, uh, you know, the, they're talking about embrace the target, but that target is huge. I can't imagine that there's going to be any team that, doesn't really want to take it to the Cubs. I mean, especially by adding Fowler 
they just took it to another level. Uh, they're getting all the publicity. They're getting all the love. Uh, teams are going to come in hard against the Cubs. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I like the attitude that the Cubs have where they're like, yeah, bring it They're They're not, they're not uh, unaware that they're the, that they're now, uh, that teams are now coming after them instead of vice versa. When they had Fowler news broke, um, watch my kids about to go to work and, you know, I'm looking and, and I thought, uh, Carrie Muscat, is that her name? Something like yeah. that. Yeah. She, she, so I'm looking on Twitter and I see Fowler sign one year. And I'm like, thought he was signed with uh, Baltimore, right? And I'm looking. Okay, I'm scrolling. And I'm scrolling. And I see it. And I see. Watch the video. And I'm like, man. And Theo had that little, like he had that swerve going on, that little walk. And I'm, <laughs> and I could not believe it. Can you explain? I know you said a little bit about it. That when that happened, with they just pull a fast one on everybody too by not telling anybody. Yeah. So I mean, I of course uh, I was there for a week and. Uh, I went out to the Sox camp that morning because Rollins was supposed to talk and uh, it, Rollins ended up talking much later. So I ended up missing it anyways, but I, I was trying to get Rollins. We, you know, we, after the clubhouse is open uh, or closed, we go and sit in front of our laptops and churn out uh, whatever we can, you know, and, uh, and I, and I'm checking out Twitter and I saw Jesse Rogers, the ESPN Chicago uh, uh, reporter, the Cubs tweet out that Dexter Fowler's there, and I had the same thought as you. I was like, okay, well, he signed with the Orioles, so it doesn't matter. Why is he there? <laughs> I was very confused, and then all of a sudden, people started tweeting that he actually signed with the Cubs, and that's uh, uh, immediately, I texted John, and I was like, oh, I should probably leave Sox camp, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I shot down there, and the whole thing, uh, you know, it it was one of those moments that it sounded like as far as the moment goes, it sounded like it was just a special moment for Dexter uh, talking to people around the team and uh, Dexter in general. Like it just sounded like he had a rough uh, off season. We, we don't think about it as fans in the media, how tough it is for them. It's, it's their job and, and they believe, you know, it's a lot of money to us. We see that. So, so when you turn down all these multi-million dollar contracts, you think, how dare they sometimes, but you know, it's in their minds, they're worth this money and, and they've waited all these years to get to this point where they can earn that money. And Fowler kind of felt uh, his process was impeded by some rules that are, you know, kind of silly. Uh, I think in a lot of people's minds. Uh, so, so he was frustrated by the whole process. And I think he, that moment for him uh, meant a lot. Uh, and I think uh, Theo and Jed in particular were quite pleased that they were able to keep it a secret because that, uh, that's rare nowadays. You, that never happens. I think we multiple players kind of laughed at, at us, the, the media, when we asked them about it. They were like, yeah, you guys m- couldn't have been too pleased about that. Not that, you know, I don't think we were really that upset, but, you know, I think they just kind of like pulling one over on us. <laughs> well, um, how, what do you think uh, the fans – is, is it uh, – are you seeing more fans now this year? Because, you know, I know how these Cub fans can be. They just, like, jumping on bandwagons. Sad, if you're right. talking to a – he's a Sox fan. I'm a Cub fan. Well, so. gotcha. well <laughs> but, I mean, I'll root for that. I mean, there's got to be a, a, a little bit more buzz down there than maybe last spring, I would think. Is that the is, is that the case? You know, I mean, the Cubs always have a strong following, whether they're winning or losing. I think it's uh, – 
you know, it's. I get what you're saying. I mean, every team has bandwagon fans, and it's going to be nonsensical how how crazy it is this year. I'm sure, uh, but uh, it, there were a lot of fans just to watch, uh, you know, drills uh, last week. So, I mean, there were hundreds of fans lining up the fence just to watch batting practice and pitchers throw and, and pitching drills. It was it's it's a little crazy, and I can't imagine what it'll be like. Uh, well, I mean, I can't imagine. We've seen it. We've we've seen it. You know, think about 2003. Think about last uh, uh, last fall. Uh, it gets crazy in Wrigleyville, and and it becomes the biggest story in Chicago. Uh, the only team that can compete with the Cubs, as far as uh, you know, the headlines go, are the Bears, and and that's just the reality of it. It's not, you know, uh, it's it's nothing against uh, the White Sox. It's just how how the media cycle works, and and how how it all gets. Uh, I mean. You know, oh, they, the Cubs haven't won in so long that that adds to it. But it's just it's just the reality of the situation. But it's it's uh, it's going to be crazy. I know that. Uh, and uh, it'd be a shock if they don't make the playoffs. So when they make the playoffs, it's uh, I can't imagine what the city's going to be like. Um, Jake Arrieta, he had a huge year last year. Can he repeat that? Do you think or do you think it was a fluke? Or is it, is it was it like career numbers? One of those things where it's going to be, um, you know, it's one of those where like you're not going to have two years like that back to back kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, having repeating that year is, you know, that's a hell of a goal. <laughs> you know, that's that's hard to repeat. Uh, I'll tell you this: I think a lot of people say he came out of nowhere, and I think a lot of those people. And rightfully so, they, they weren't paying attention to the Cubs in 2014 because Jake Arrieta didn't come out of nowhere in 2015. He had uh, arguably a top five pitching season for uh, for pitchers in the NL in 2014, but he missed April. And the only question is, can he do that for a full season and can he repeat that? And he did. He did it for a full season. He got better as the season went along. Uh, I mean, he, he really burst onto the scene uh, in 2015, but people like myself, I was forced to watch the Cubs. I, you know, I grew up watching the Cubs, but I was, you know, I, I'm not sure how much I would have watched them in 2014 if it wasn't my job. But uh, but I watched every Jake Gary at a start in 2014, and I saw that that guy was legit. Like, that wasn't, uh, he wasn't just some okay pitcher. Like, he, he was impressive. And uh, he got even better in 2015. It's it's almost impossible to repeat what he did in 2015. But can he compete for a Cy Young again? I think so. I think he's that level caliber pitcher. I think he's one of the best pitchers in baseball, and I think he'll uh, he'll show that again. There it's a there are people that think oh he he's a uh, one year wonder, and those were people that just that didn't watch the Cubs in 2014 because they were, there was no reason to watch the Cubs in 2014 until, you know, the end of the season when, when some of the rookies came up, but, but it, it's, uh, it's understandable for people to think that, but they're also overlooking what he did. Sure. Sure. Let's, uh, let's move around the infield a little bit. <clears throat> Rizzo, Bryant, Russell, and, uh, who am I missing? Oh my God. Zobers. from Yeah. It's another guy, man. They're loaded. I love it. Um, who, Bryant? I saw one. You, I think you wrote an article today or yesterday. Bryant's numbers, maybe. Do you think he can repeat his year? What are you looking at, average wise? I, I mean, the way I look at it, he'll, he's not gonna. I think he's gonna be like a two seventy hitter, hit you 30, 35 bombs, and get one hundred and hundred and ten in. Is that about right? You know, I mean, I look at him as a guy that can uh, get on base a ton and hit for a ton of power. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't. Uh, 
I, I would even I, I could go higher on the home runs, but you know that's a, that's an aggressive projection. And but I've been aggressive with my Bryant Love uh, for the past year. Uh, you know, I, he's uh, I'm picking him for MVP. I don't think it's crazy to do that, but uh, but I'm I'm standing by that right now. And uh, I think he's I think he is the best player on this team. Uh, I think he he's improved significantly on defense to the point where I didn't think he could get to this point, and he's already there defensively uh he he adjusted at every point that he needed to last year they threw him everything in the book they they attacked the lower half of the strike zone um and he adjusted he'd never seen low strikes like that call before i talked to him about it and those strikes aren't called like that in the minor leagues and he had to adjust as a tall guy that's hard and and he was able to adjust uh he adjusted to the change up you don't see change ups like that in the minors that's always the last pitch to come it's it's the pitch that uh guys usually develop sometimes in the majors like Carlos Rodon's still working on his changeup it's it's gotten really good but that's the final piece of the puzzle for most pitchers so he doesn't see great changeups and he finally saw him and he adjusted to him uh, I expect that to continue this year the strikeouts are high but uh, we, we live in an era where strikeouts are a little bit uh, more accepted and also you just see them more often so I think he can he can either survive with the strikeouts or he'll adjust and he'll just become a better player. All right, enough about the Cubs. Enough, enough, enough. <laughs> let's let's kick it over to the White Sox. Just one quick question uh, before we got to let you go. But um, the the White Sox, um, I, you know, the, I, I, I always get the feeling that there's just a few pieces away from maybe being able to do something. Uh, how are, how are they looking? What's the atmosphere like over on the on the south side? You know, it's it's always optimistic in the spring, right? I think it's genuinely optimistic on the south side. Uh, they they have they didn't make the same headline splashing moves maybe that they did last uh, off season, but they made some pretty solid moves. It was such a bad team at so many positions last year. You look at uh, the value that they got from shortstop, from third base, from second base. That infield was abysmal. It was just terrible. And then Garcia in right field gave gave them negative value as well. And Melky was awful for a half. Eaton was awful for the first half. I mean, it was just – it was a real – I mean, for the first half, I'm not sure if they had, if they had anybody outside of Abreu that was worth uh, even mentioning, you know, on the offensive side I'm talking about. Uh, and – so you look at that, any sort of upgrade, I feel like I'm writing this over and over again with the White Sox, <laughs> but any sort of upgrade is is an upgrade. Like even a tiny upgrade like Jimmy Rollins isn't a great player anymore, but he's an upgrade over what Alexi Ramirez provided for them last year. Isn't Brett Laurie is a very good player, but that's, he's an upgrade. That's scary. <laughs> that's so scary. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it, it, they've upgraded – I felt like, I mean, Todd Frazier's a huge great. Todd Frazier's their best third baseman since Joe Creedy uh, defensively, best offensively since Ventura. I mean, you're talking about a consistent uh, producer at the plate. Uh, I think he's going to really, he's he helps on the field, and he's one of those uh, kind of chill guys in the clubhouse uh, that's uh, easy for the media to like and easy for the fans to like, and uh, his teammates love him already. So, you know, that works. All those, you know, all those easy to, easy to like things uh that you know easy to write about things too you know you're going to read about a lot about the leadership and the better clubhouse atmosphere with avila and rollins and frazier and i think all that stuff is uh, you know it's good and it helps but the bottom line is they need to win and they need to get out there and 
and get off to a nice start. I don't think nice starts are the be-all, end-all, but I think uh, sometimes teams like this that have been bit by uh, a lot of bad luck lately or bad performances lately, you need uh, you need a little confidence boost to, to show that it's real and that they can win. I wanted them to go out and get one more player. I thought uh, Dexter Fowler was the perfect piece for them. Uh, it didn't happen. Uh, you talk to anybody in that clubhouse and Raycon, they're not hiding that that something else is brewing. I have no idea what that could be. Uh, maybe it's something just, you know, small that's still an upgrade uh, like Austin Jackson, but I I don't know what exactly is going on, but but it sounds like they, they have one more move left Who, in them. Who's still who's starts. still out there for them to go get, though? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I think it's Austin Jackson or a trade that, that's kind of off our radar. I mean, Jay Bruce isn't that good in my mind, but he's a guy that's been, a, uh, that's been bandied about. I, I don't know if they're in more trade discussions with the with the Reds. I mean, he he doesn't make sense to me. You want someone that's consistent and that gets on base, and that's not Jay Bruce. No. So, uh, so so I don't know who who this player is. I mean, Austin Jackson is an upgrade in the sense that Abisal Garcia is just not. You know, he had so much potential, and maybe he still does, but he just is so inconsistent. What, yeah, his production has been negative value for the past three years running. I want to say like. You know, either he's hurt or he's not producing. So I, I'm not sure if you can go into a season that you want to compete and have him be a major piece of the puzzle. So uh, I, I like this team a lot. I like their pitching staff a lot. I like. I think the bullpen is a little underrated. I think they have a lot of nice pieces in there, and uh, it all rides on the offense and defense. How much did they, did they improve it enough? It's improved, but is it improved enough? All right, we're gonna let you go. I'm gonna ask you uh, a couple, two couple things real quick. Do the Cubs? <laughs> I know this is bad, but do the Cubs win at all? I'll probably end up picking them uh, when it, when it's all said and done. When I have to put my picks in, uh, but uh, you know, <laughs> I know we're. I know I'm, I, I'm of the type of person that you know they can be the best team in baseball, but it doesn't matter. It all all yep. that matters Injuries. that it comes yeah. together in the playoffs. Uh, so. So I, I, I probably end up picking them. Uh, you know, I have a couple other teams that I like, but but I in the end I probably pick them. Yeah. Sox make the playoffs. I'm gonna say no, but uh, I'd, I'd love to see it just because uh, there's there's a lot of I, I like the moves that they've made, and I hope if they let's see what this final move is. If they have it in them, maybe it'll it'll be enough for me to change uh, change my mind. But uh, the, the and the AL is completely up for grabs, especially the Central. I mean. These, looking at the AL, I have no, uh, you know, I, I'm it's open, wide open, yeah. Yeah. When I say I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, it's kind of like a shrug. It's kind of like, eh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob, Robin Ventura, does he stick around or get the heave ho? <laughs> that's, uh, that's, you know, that's partly why I mentioned uh, 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 a hot start is important for them because if, if they get off to a bad start, he's probably fired. I mean, they have their manager in waiting on the bench, in a sense, with Ricky Renteria. I mean, they have multiple guys. I mean, Jim Tomey's been mentioned as a manager in the past, so I don't know if uh, I don't know if I mean Renteria obviously would take over if uh, if Ventura's fired. So that that's yeah, that's huge. It's it's all about the start, April April and May. If they if they stumble out of the gate, then uh, yeah, I think uh, Ventura's gone. Well, there you have it. Keep an eye on that first uh, those first couple months of the season. Uh, make sure you guys check out uh, Sahadev Sharma at Sahadev Sharma on Twitter. You can also catch him at theathleticshy.com and 
at the athletic shy is the Twitter handle for that. Anything else we can plug for you, boss? Uh, no, I think that's it. I mean, yeah, it's at theathletic.com, the athletic shy on Twitter and Sahadev Sharma on Twitter. Uh, we're doing good stuff. I think, uh, we're really pumping out the, the baseball content. I'm, uh, I'm running on little sleep, guys. So, so please read my work because I think it's. <laughs> I'm putting a lot of effort into it, and I think we're doing good stuff. It's fun getting back into the socks too, because I've been pretty Cubs heavy over the past couple of years. So, I've been really digging into the socks, and and they're definitely an interesting team. Anybody listening that listens or wants to see Chicago content or write or or read Chicago content, the stuff's unbelievable. These guys, you know, Greenberg and and Sonata and uh, Scotty Powers, and I think you guys are just doing some stuff with the fire now too, right? I just saw. Yeah, we just started the fire, some fire content. We have a, a few other random contributors. If you guys know who uh, uh, Decipio is, uh, Andy Dolan. He's a, just a he's, a he's he's kind of a heckler online. He likes to give uh, give people a little hell, but he's a, he's a pretty funny guy. <laughs> and he's he's written a, uh, a couple of funny pieces for us. Uh, yeah, we, we'll we're always looking for more people to help out. So. Uh, I think it's. I think we're doing some pretty quality stuff, and I'm really, I've really been happy with the first uh, five or six weeks here. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. We hope to have you on again. Go get some sleep. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All, All right, right, man. Talk to you. Take care. Bye. Yeah, man. The baseball. It's just. It's. It's. It's going to be. I, I was talking to my buddy today. It's just going to be awesome. Both sides of town because you, the the Sox do have. They do. They do. They if 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 LaRoche comes up and has a decent year because he he was shit last year. Yeah. Okay. He was shit. He was. Okay. He was. Okay. So you got him. Now you're coming back with if Jimmy Rollins. Just I mean him and him and in uh, what's his name? Oh my god, the short, other shortstop, the young kid that they're going to split time with. Fucking split my mind. Anyways, look that up, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Who's the, who's the shortstop? All right. So, um, Todd Frazier, another yeah. pickup. Okay. He's gonna hit you thirty bombs, hits or try two sixty five average, hundred maybe. You know that's that ballpark plays small. If these guys can play to their way that they play, Abreu, Stud, Eaton, Eaton's average, he's good. Okay, now you got uh, Melky Cabrera and left Melky Cabrera. I mean, what, what what do you got there? You know what I'm saying? And then you got uh, what's his name at? Uh, oh yeah, they got Navarro a catcher and um, they're splitting time with Avila. Yeah, and so I mean it's, it's, not, it's, it's not a bad dude, it's not bad. And then you got Sale, Rondon, no, and uh, Quintana. It's not it's not bad. It's actually the three lefties though, two on the mound. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, man. that's too much. It's too much. But um I, you know, I don't know. I think they just they strike me as a team that you know, they're 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 not that far away. They're not Oh, they're not Saldino. The yeah, yes, there you go. There you go. So the, he's there and then you know their pitching staff's good, like and then like Sadatov said they're, they got to go bullpen, you know. Can they stay healthy? Can they play to their potential? I think, I think Robin's, I think Robin's gone. I don't know, man. You know, it's it's one of those things, and I hate to say it because I really like Robin Ventura as a ball player. I, I you know, I just not a fan as a manager. I don't know what it is. You know, I thought I thought when he retired, I thought he had no interest in being a being a manager. I thought he was done. I thought he was going to walk away from the game, and and never come back. And all of a sudden, he's you know he's back, and then he makes his way over to the Sox. And you know, nice guy. I'm sure he's a great guy. And he's you know, if you're a Sox fan, he's just one of those guys that that that, that you'll always remember. You're never going to forget Robin Ventura. Um, maybe maybe because he got his ass whipped by Nolan Ryan when he charged him out. I don't know. But at the end of the day, 
he's just I haven't seen much of anything to be proud of with him as a manager. And that's that's from the outside looking in. I'm not in the clubhouse. I know that that's that's a big deal, you know, the way you keep your clubhouse. But you look over you look, you look north and there's Joel Madden and uh you know, bringing the petting zoo to town. You know what I mean? So it's like you'd like to see some something out of him. I I just don't see anything. I, that's I mean, like it's yeah, it's it's and then Reinsdorf just sits there and and he's it's his boys, you know. It's the same with the and, Wolves, man. Paxson, it's like his guy, you know. And it's, it's well, in, in all fairness to Kenny Williams, what is Kenny Williams won you one championship? I know, one. I and, know. And, and, and Gian got gone, canned. Well, that's what's, the Kenny, thing. what's Kenny Williams that's the doing? Thing. And this is, and this might be the thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm on a Ozzy Gian hangover, and and a lot of the people like I'm sure I don't know. I I'm sure if you listen to Dan Bernstein, he'll tell you that Ozzy Gian was a was a waste. But I, when you have a character like that, that's something that that sparks something good or bad. It sparks some type of emotion from your team. I just watched the White Sox last year, and they just seemed flat every single time. And I went to like when you're not winning in baseball, and you got that long season, dude. Yeah, it takes forever. Guys are going out. You just you come come down the next day, and it's like, oh man, I got to play again. And then you, it's a grind. It Baseball's is. a grind. It is. And when you're not winning, you're not having fun. You're showing up, and you're not really a team. No. What, what are you playing for? That's the thing. So, for anything. so I do get nervous as a Sox fan when I see uh, all the and and it's funny that Joel that Joel uh, Madden had had an audio clip of it, but you know I get angry when I see that the Cubs are showing the spring training early because they're excited, they're pumped, they're hungry. You know they got you see a little, him dancing in the in the in the. Do you see the van he yeah, brought? The yeah, hippie shirt. But they're gonna they they're gonna have a little chip on their shoulder because they got they they, they probably should have won that series in the playoffs. Yeah, they didn't hit, and they and they couldn't hit. So they're all coming back early. They've got they're they're on a mission. Um, you know, and I thought it was funny that Joel Mann was like, "There's no need for these guys to come back." It was actually, you know, oh early, yeah, yeah. I know he's like, "Yeah, like, you come, you come early, you're you're stupid." Yeah, now you, it's longer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and he just says he's just he's just he's an awesome. Honestly, this, this is the first time I ever like you hear about it in Tampa Bay and how how he was how he manages right, but just to see it and how the players react to him. Oh, I know. And the way he controls the clubhouse, but I didn't even not he doesn't even really say much. Like, I mean, you he can how these egos not saying much last year, but this year, how these egos have to come in check. Right. Cuz a lot of guys say so say Solaire. I know he's sometimes he's hurt. He sometimes he ain't going to play. Right. Schwarber, sometimes he ain't going to play. Yeah. You know, and and, and Zobers is going to be, you know, Zobers is going to play every day at second. Or find another uh, position if he, if they move him around, but he's he's sided in second, you know. And and some of these guys, the, the ego has to, like Shane Victorino, right? He just wants to come and basically get on the roster and and play every one every six games, right? You know, and and be part of this thing. When when do guys want to come to Chicago Cubs to be a part of something like this? They, they want to be a part because they know if they do it, oh, dude, dude, and you're a part of this yeah. team, yeah. It's it's. You'll never pay for anything. Joe Madden will have restaurants. Go, it, it's going to be insane. It, yeah. it, but the hype, is, like Sad have said, the hype is: can they control it? Can they control their? They just they got to win their division because you cannot, you cannot, you cannot get to that freaking one game playoff. 
Yeah, that's a killer. Because you know why? You 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 use your ace. Yeah, and it kills you for the first game. Yeah, and yeah. then who knows if you don't win it? Something happens in baseball. Someone gets hurt, or right. the pitcher. You know, something happens. It's just it's you can't get to. You got to get to. You got to win your division. You got to overcome the Cardinals. You got to yeah. win your division, and then you you wait for that, and then you set up your whole uh, pitching staff. That's it. That's it. And you get on a roll. That's just it. That's the thing. And I think that playoff game did kill him. I think it did. The one game yeah. playoff is. I mean, it's cool to watch, but boy, does that screw up your rotation, dude. Big kills them. Yeah. Arietta had a pitch. Yeah. And then, well, they got in, and then they beat the Cardinals, but yeah. then they had to set back up. So Arietta had a pitch an extra game. He was right. gassed, dude. Oh, yeah. When he, when he faced the Mets, he even said it. He yeah. Goes, I, I he had, had nothing no, left. He had nothing left. Absolutely. You know, and I think that's what Madden, Madden talked about it now. How he's going to, you know, uh, he's not going to push Arietta to, to, to go nine innings. Maybe go seven, yeah, and then yeah. get the bullpen in. You know, you don't have to win, you know, or go all nine. You know, right, right. Let's take a little break. We'll be back with uh, another guest. All right, let's get back to uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Blackhawks. Um, dude, man, they just keep every year. Oh, they just keep they just keep winning and winning and winning and winning. The Blackhawks are rolling. Let's let's welcome in uh, Scott Powers from. The Athletic Shy? Is that right, Scott? Scott, you there? Hello? Hello? Hey, hey, there he hey, is. There he is. Hey, there How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. We were just talking a little about the Blackhawks. Um, so let's just get right to it. Uh, talking to Scott Powers. It's, is it at, at The Athletic Shy on Twitter? Um. The website's the athletic. Uh, my Twitter is uh, by Scott. Uh, by, by Scott by Powers. Powers. Cool. How do you, how do you like the new gig? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit different. Uh, more analysis and uh, kind of attacking a different way, but it's been good. It's uh, you know it's, it's run by some smart guys and some guys that you worked with with ESPN over there with uh, Sahadov and John Greenberg and. Um, yeah, it's been fun so far. Awesome. We just had Sadat on uh, talking some uh, baseball with us. He was just just on a little bit ago. Um, so let's uh, let's get to the Blackhawks uh, trade wise. What do you think? Uh, do you think they accomplished what they needed to accomplish? Uh, getting all these guys. Yeah, I, I think they addressed their 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 primary need, which was the top line left winger, an area that they lacked since since trading Sharp and Sad and um, just. Throughout the season, just you know, haven't been able to produce the amount of offense possession they've had in, in years past. And I think you've seen that, especially with Jonathan Taves' numbers, where um, you know he just he hasn't been able to produce offensively. And Hillis's numbers have been down, which haven't helped. But um, you know, Shaw's filled that spot. Tara Vinen, um, you know, Shaw hasn't scored an even strength goal. I think in, it's almost a month and a half now. Um, so I, I think going out and getting Andrew Ladd, who was uh, you know, just kind of like Antoine Vermette last year, he was kind of the big name on the market, and the Blackhawks did what they had to to get him. Um, and then they, you know, put some depth around Teravine. They added Fleischman and, and Dale Weiss, and, uh, you know, Christian Eroff may fit a spot. He looks like he has some offense and some ability from the back end. So um, I, I think the one question about this team still is is, is whether they have that fourth defenseman where, uh, you know, Quinville certainly cut, uh, kind of dwindled it down to four defensemen last year with, with John Wilson, Keith, Seabrook, and, you know, Dewey in this year. Um, you, you just don't have even have that fourth defense, and so you have three guys you know you can trust, uh, and then a few younger guys and a couple older guys, uh, you know, some older veterans who have uh, had some mixed play. So I'll be kind of curious to see how that plays out. But 
Um, yeah, I, I think what we're seeing from the Blackhawks now is going to be kind of a feeling out process, and you really don't get a real, uh, I guess, idea of what they're made of until you know until Hosey gets back and uh, and and certainly Kruger at some point the season. Where, um, but I think on paper, when when you put all those forwards on on paper and you start shifting guys around, the Blackhawks could have four lines that are uh, you know kind of consistent what we've seen in the past with them, where where they can maybe just, you know roll four four lines and be able to score some uh, score some goals from different places. Is it nice to write something, and not that you wrote a lot about this, but it seemed like every the last two, three, four, five years, the narrative's always been, you know, what's Corey Crawford? Is he going to show up? Is he not? Seems like he's playing like one of the like the best goalie in the in the NHL right now. Uh, how, how huge is that for this team? Um, like you said, struggling with uh, you know some you know defensive depth. Uh, that Corey's stepping up to the plate again this year. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, even going back to, uh, you know, going back to the second Stanley Cup, I think those playoffs, he really uh, kind of proved his worth. And then, uh, you know, from there on out, you know, his play for over 82 games has been pretty consistent. And, uh, you know, up until this year, I, I think the big narrative was uh, that he wasn't getting enough respect. And, um, you know, you certainly won two Cubs. So when you look at the numbers, his numbers weren't a uh, elite tier goaltender. You know, his save percentage and some of those, uh, statistics you look at we're, we're we're good but not great and I think this year he's he, he's turned that corner um, where his save percentage I think is third in the league uh, is seven seven out the league um, you know uh, one one of the advanced statistics is quality quality starts kind of like baseball how often is the you know goalie giving a chance to win and, and he's near the top of the league in that and um, I, I think overall Corey Crawford's just uh, you know one experience often goaltenders get better with age just um, you know having played more and. And Crawford certainly hasn't started a whole lot, and uh, you know, prior to these last few years, where he was still kind of he kind of had to wait his time. So, you know, kind of hitting the peak of his career. And um, you know, one thing that, that jumped out to me was I talked to a goalie, uh, former NHL goalie, not too long ago, and he thought that Corey Crawford looked more athletic this season than years past. And he thought um, maybe it was just some of the coaching and some of the things he's allowed to do, and some of the things that he's learned over the past year or two that he's been more effective. So not as only not only is he a big goalie and can stop shots, but he's been athletic. And I think you've seen that at times where he's uh, he's stolen a lot of these wins. You know, the Blackhawks' possession numbers have been uh, some of the worst this year. I think today was the 30th time uh, this season the Blackhawks have had a course percentage below 50. percent So um, you know, in, in years past, the Blackhawks have, have dominated possession. That hasn't been the case this year. And uh, I think the reason why they're still atop the Western Conference is because. Crawford's been so consistent and, and you know and such a an elite care goalie this year. Uh, they had a big win. Uh, was it yesterday or the day before against the Red Wings? Uh, today they fall to Boston. Uh, he had Darling uh, in the crease. Are we seeing the real Darling? I mean, was it was it kind of a, a fluke last year? Uh, it seems like he's kind of struggled uh, with. You know, anytime, anytime I've seen him in there, I mean, maybe I just catch him in the wrong time, but it seems like he's struggling this year. Yeah, it's, it's very mixed. I, I, I just, you know, you caught me the time where I was just kind of writing the recap for today's game. So, um, you know, he started, this was his 13th start of the year, uh, and six times he's been up two goals, two goals or less, so he's been pretty good at those times, and there's been five times where he's lost four more goals. So, um, you, know, you know, that number two spot's really strange, and you don't get, you know, starts... Uh, that consistent often it's on back to backs. Uh, Crawford's a goaltender who likes to start a lot. He feels like he, uh, he gets into more of a rhythm. Um, and, and this is the first time that Darling's really been a number two goaltender. You know, he, he's, 
Um, and, and it's something a lot of goaltenders have to adjust to, you know, being being ready when, when given that chance, you know, to, even if you have a few weeks off. So um, leading up to this game, his last few starts were pretty good. You know, I, I think he's, he's allowed me one or two goals in the last three or four starts. Um, so it, it's really been kind of a mixed bag for him this season where he's been up and down. And, um, but, yeah, I think that's, that's something the goaltender has to learn is, um, you know, as long as Crawford's there and he's the number one, I think he's going to get a majority of the starts. And Dowling's got to be ready in the turn. The Blackhawks uh, are depending on him being that number two goalie for the next few years. So um, it's an area that Dowling's going to have to get better at. So uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see if he improves and, and he figures that out uh, over the course of the next few seasons. Scott, how much does the team miss Hosa? Yeah, I think he missed it. I think in the top line, you missed right now in possession. You know, his offensive numbers, uh, his goal scoring has been down the last two years. He just, um, I don't know if some of that's with, with age, just not being able to, it seems like lift the puck and sometimes just, um, you know, he's creating shots but not finishing shot, shots. And But defensively, he's been the same player. He's, he's still been, uh, you know, an amazing bag checker and, and contributes in a lot of different ways. And I, I think him and Caves are both. Um, you know, struggle this season at times because they haven't had a left winger. Um, you know, Shaw's Shaw's done the job and he, he's he's done the best he can, but uh, he, he's not a you know he's not a scorer. He's he's more of a bottom six guy. He has some uh, you know offensive ability um, and he's good around the net. But I, they, they need someone who can finish and someone who can um, you know put put him away kind of like Sharp and Saad did. And I, I think Lad's going to really complement Taves and Hosa when. Uh, you know, when Hosey comes back here in the next week, and it'll be interesting to see those two guys together because I think then you have Hosey and Taves, two guys who can carry the puck in and, and create possession where Shaw is often still dumping the puck in and, you know, having the chase. And so if they can get the puck in cleanly and kind of cycle it around and Hosey and Taves can put the puck on the net, you know, Lad, uh, you know, we've even seen these first three games where he's really good in front of the net. He can, uh, you know, create chances. He had a really nice play today where off of, uh, you know, on the power play, off a, off a rebound, he set up Caves for a, Caves for a goal. He scored a goal off himself uh, last game with a rebound. So I, I think uh, you know Lad's still you know he, he's playing really well and he kind of uh, fits the mold of what they need. So um, yeah, I'm curious to see how that line comes together because I think there's some real potential for more possession and certainly more more scoring for the Blackhawks. Watching uh, this year, man, Kane Kane seems so focused, uh, playing out of his mind. Do you think he can get over that little not that hump but maturity level where he can consistently? Not lead the league in points, but be maybe the top two, top three guy with Ovechkin and, you know, like a Crosby type. Is, is he at that point yet, Scott? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I mean, he, when, he, when he got hurt last year, I mean, people forget that he was, he was the tie for the top fifteen points uh, when he got hurt and was the 62nd or 63rd game. So it wasn't at this level. And, you know, I think it was 88 points that won the league, uh, you know, league point title last year. So it wasn't, uh, you know, he has that many points now. So. It certainly wasn't at the same pace, but he was, you know, producing point a game. Um, I, I think a lot of it was, you know, I, I think Kane's, you know, his games developed and, and he's gotten better. But um, I, I think he was at, you know, kind of capable of this the last few seasons. Just he hasn't had uh, this much offensive talent around him. You know, versus Stephen Richards or above average offensive players, but guys aren't, you know, guys aren't going to light it up. And, and years previous to that, he had Sharp, but he didn't have that second line center. And finally, he has. Uh, two guys who, uh, you know, that really, you know, complement his game, and especially Prenarin, who played such a similar game where, um, you know, those guys just, uh, they, they've been fun to watch, just the way that they work off each other, the way they create space. Um, you know, they they understand each other now. They both, you know, uh, the way that they carry the puck and 
very skilled and uh, you know just uh, there's not much out there that, that's like them you know they they do some things that you just don't see in the way that they're playing off each other their chemistry is it, it's really unique and, and then Nisimov compliments them he just you know he, he's good in front of the net creates uh, creates opportunities around the net and, and he retrieves pucks and sets those guys up and you know together those three have really really been good so um, yeah, I, I think some of it's Kane playing well, but it's also about the guys around him. And, uh, you know, today was only, I think, the 11th time or 12th time offseason where Kane didn't have a point. So it, it's, you know, it speaks to how consistent he's been and uh, certainly running away with the points title. I mean, he has to be the Hart Trophy Canada, uh, you know, leader at this point as well. Very cool. Well, Scott, we got to thank you. Thanks for coming on. Uh, uh, we're glad to see you landing at the, the Athletic Shy. This is, uh, you guys are doing some great work over there, man. Check out. Uh, Scott Powers on Twitter at uh, by Scott Powers, um, and again the athletic the athletic shy. That's that's where it's at. If you're looking for sports content, E and I were just talking. I mean, th- the stuff you guys are pumping out is really amazing. No, I appreciate. It. No, thanks for having me on, guys. All right, Scott, take care, buddy. Take care. Bye. Bye. Yeah, Scott is is one of one of one of the most probably knowledgeable guys when it comes to the Hawks for sure. Um, you know, he, he and I were just talking that, uh, you know, he, he, uh, used to be with ESPN. Things didn't work out. I think a lot of guys got let go, but it's unfortunate, but these guys, I mean, there's talent out there and, uh, they're doing their own thing. I like it. I like it a lot. I think it's pretty cool. What do we know about this? Uh, the athletic shy, what do you know about that? Um, we'll get to that in a little bit. We're going to welcome in and talk some basketball with our big guy, TD, from Wet 120 Sports. Timmy, what's up, man? How you guys doing, Andy? What's up? We're good, man. We're good. We finally got to talk some hoops. We've been talking baseball. We've been talking Blackhawks. Talking everything. Now let's get some down to some hoops. Um, we just get to the Bulls, man. They're just up. I, I had a big rant earlier. I know they're depleted, Timmy. I know... You know, can you you played at a higher level than me? Um, is Hoiberg? I don't want to blame it on Hoiberg. What can you get? What do you see? What do you see, Tim? Well, I just think that you know they thought the grass was greener. You know, would you go back right now, guys, and take Tom Thibodeau as your coach this year? Yes, absolutely. You know, and everyone wanted to play faster and more offense. Well, now it's. 15 straight games, the Bulls have given up 100-plus points. I mean, they just can't stop anyone defensively. Uh, Derek is hurt, it seems like, every other game. Um, him and Jimmy don't get along. They look like there's no chemistry. And if you really watch the game, like, just watch the guy's body language. Like, against Orlando, they just look like they don't want to be out there. Like, they look like they do not want to be playing basketball. They should have been at Brooks Park or Hamlin Park. <laughs> like, it looked like, it looked like they didn't want to be on the court. So... Um, I, you know, Jimmy comes back. I, I, guys, I think they're going to make the playoffs. Forget about winning an NBA championship. I don't think they make the playoffs this year in the Eastern Conference. What sign of life do you see from this team that all of a sudden, like, that light bulb is going to go off? On paper, they're great. But games aren't played on paper. It just doesn't seem like they have that it factor. It doesn't seem like they care that much. So, who do you blame? I don't know. It's easy to point the finger at Fred Hoiberg because when Tom Thibodeau was there, I'll tell you this. Derek Rose was the MVP. Joakim Noah was first team All NBA. Oh, also he won Defensive Player of the Year, and they finished number one in the East. So you know they lose that coach, and now all of a sudden they're having trouble winning the games in the Eastern Conference. I also think that speaks a lot to Joakim Noah and his contribution. Just you lose him, and I know he's not the same player he once was, but 
I think they kind of lost the heart and soul of the team once he got hurt. Yeah, I think uh, I, I'm with you. We were just talking about that. They don't have an identity. There's nothing there. Um, you know, it's – I don't know. Are, are you are you building around, you know, are you building around Jimmy Buckets? Are you building around D. Rose? Are you trying to, you know, push that through? Uh, Hoiberg, I don't know. Is he going to be a lame duck coach, one and done? I, who, who knows? Do, do, uh, Timmy, are they going to rebuild? Well, that's a great question. I, I don't know that answer because going into the season, this was like, hey, we get into the playoffs. Maybe we beat the Cavs. Maybe someone's hurt. Who knows? Anything can happen. Now, all of a sudden, we're just ripping the whole thing down. So, let's just state some facts, okay? Paul, Paul Gasol is a really good NBA center. He can't guard that well, but he's still offensively as good as anyone in the Eastern Conference. Jimmy Butler is a superstar. You know, I think the whole problem revolves around Derek. But what do you do with Derek Rose? You know, I mean, think about this, guys. And this is hard to kind of digest because we don't walk in his shoes. Picture growing up in Chicago, playing for the Bulls, being the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, being the MVP of the NBA, and all of a sudden you're just not the same player that you once were. So I know for us, we're grown-ups. We could be like, oh, well, he could still help the team doing this. He could still be able to do that. But for Derek himself, he's got to be like, man, I had the world at my fingertips, and I just could not stay healthy. Now, he has not helped himself in the media by things that he has said, and I think that's what's really pissed off the different fan bases, you know, of Bulls fans across the great city of Chicago and the state of Illinois, is the things he, he has said in the media, but for him, I mean, the frustration level for him just has to be through the roof. I know you're working at 120 Sports right now. You got a little time or no, Tim? Yeah, I got about five more minutes. All right, uh, let's get real quick then. Um, let's talk Steph Curry. Have you ever seen anything like that? That's, uh, Timmy... I'm watching that game against OKC. OKC blew it the last game. I mean, you know, and not even the shot he hit. I mean, you got to pick him up at half court, okay? The guy can shoot. The one he did behind the back, and I forgot who was on him, Abaka or someone else was on him. I mean, it's have you ever seen anything like that shooting-wise? No. So I, I, I come back to you, E, like what's the adjustment? Because – now, you play basketball your whole life, right? You used to, like, shell drill and, like, guarding someone, like, pick and roll, a hard hedge. With him, he's going to actually change the rules of defense. Like, what? You just I think, smother I, him. I, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think you just, yeah, you, you bring two guys at him and make him give up the ball. Yeah. You have to, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. But, and that's where the team is. You know, Draymond Green is such a great team guy. I mean, he leads the team in assists. And he gets, so they throw him the ball, and he's making the right decision. And is Clay Thompson going to be a Hall of Famer? Like, talk about one of the best five shooters in the NBA. So, you know, you go double, Steph, he throws it to Draymond. Now Draymond is playing, you know, essentially four on three. The Warriors have four guys. And the defense has three. So and he's going to make that right decision. So, yeah, if I'm a coach, I-, I make anyone else beat me besides Steph Curry, but their team is built in a way that makes them so successful. I mean, they're, gonna, they're on pace to be the greatest team ever. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't say anything more. You're you're right on point. All right, real quick, Timmy. Um, I know you got to go, like you said. Uh, NCAA. We were talking about earlier. I don't see a clear favorite. Uh, teams are getting beaten a lot. Um, what do you think? I mean, is there what an outlook? You, you know, North Carolina. Um, who else is out there? Louisville, Indiana, Indiana, yeah, Indiana, yeah. soft. Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Kansas. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this is going to be one of those years where you get like. A two, three seeds, an eight seed, and a six seed. Like, it, 
I have a tough time seeing all number ones advance. You know, I like Oklahoma because they're fun to watch, but I don't trust them. They shoot too many jump shots. And Michigan State, I'd probably say they're the surest bet because Izzo's been there before, and Valentine's a great college player. I'd probably say they're the safest bet. But teams like Providence with Chris Dunn, California is really good. they got a lot of young, talented guys. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of those teams made a run. Uh, Xavier's had some great wins this year. They're really tough, experienced group. Um, I don't know. I think this is the year you just got to look at the matchups, guys. All right. Well, uh, let's do, let's talk about a little bit before you go. Uh, Hoopslink at Hoopslink. Uh, you catch Timmy at Tim Doyle on Twitter and at One Twenty Sports. Guys, they're awesome. Uh, it's an app. Download it. Watch it. Uh, now, talk about a little about Hoopslink. If any of listeners, I know we got some Hoopers that listen to this. Uh, talk about it real quick, Tim. Yeah, well, I started this company uh, about 16 months ago. It finally launched three weeks ago. It's um, We have 11 facilities in the Chicagoland area where you can go sign up and play. We have three different levels. We have a select level for guys that played in high school and college and professional and so on. Then we have more of a competitive level for those guys that are weekend warriors. And then we have a fitness level. Now, when I was told about the fitness E, I was like, you mean going to practice again? I was like, that sucks. <laughs> but as you get older... You know, I don't stay in shape anymore. I haven't done uh, a defensive slide. I haven't done a full-court layup since I left Northwestern. So I started to get back in shape doing the fitness workout. And it's an hour long, and we have a coach there. We have uh, music going the whole time, and we got great facilities. So it's like everything else. The first workout, we had two people there. And then this past workout was filled. All of our runs this week have already been filled. So I think it's something where you can play – when you want. It's not like a league where you have to play on Mondays at 8 o'clock. And for me and my schedule, I need that flexibility to maybe play in the morning, maybe play in the afternoon. So with gyms all across Chicagoland, I think it's a product that's honestly it's going to be a home run. So uh, sign up right now. You can go to hoopslink.com or check us out on Twitter at hoopslink. Uh, see our videos. Obviously, we got guys like Zach Novak involved from Michigan. And we want to create it more like a basketball, but also a networking group where it's basically going to be a country club for basketball. Like, go there. You don't have to play with any idiots. You don't have to go to a gym and wait for 45 minutes. We cap runs off at 14 guys, so we play seven on seven. Um, last minute stop time, 48 minutes running time. So it's going to be very well organized where, e, you know this as well as anybody. You're showing up to gyms. You don't know who you're playing. Maybe the team doesn't show up. Not like this on the app. The app, you can see who you're playing with, and you can call guys up, and you could roll down there with three or four guys awesome. and essentially bring your own team. So it's a really interesting concept. Awesome, wow. man. I know. That's I know. Cool. I know. I texted him the other day, and I'm like, hey, I want to roll. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to get out there. Yeah, it, took, it, it took a while to get all the gyms. That was the hardest thing. But once you get the gyms and all the, the legal stuff ironed out, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great because it eliminates – you know, trying to get 10 guys to play, like all, all of our runs have been filled. So, it, it, and just go up and you sign up right online. The app is great. It's really easy to use. All right, Timmy, I told you, let's talk. We'll get you some gyms over here if you can. Um, For all right, sure. All right, buddy, who you got tonight? Who you rolling with? OKC or the... Uh... Uh, I, 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 I had the Colorado Avalanche tonight. I, I know that they're winning. I had Penn State, Northwestern played great, Trey Dems. They actually went out and won that game. Um, the last game of the night, you got to roll the Ducks. Ducks are 16-1-1 one one over there. <laughs> I love it. If I'm a Blackhawks fan, if I'm a Blackhawks fan, I'm worried about the Ducks right now. They're red hot. They are hot. <laughs> Timmy, all right, man. Appreciate it. Talk to you. Thanks to you, DC. Guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Great stuff. Yeah, Tim's a character, man. I, love, I can listen to him talk all day about hoops, man. That's pretty cool. All right. Um, we're going to take a little break. Next guest, and we're going to wrap it up with UFC. Yeah. <laughs>
We're going to talk some UFC with our UFC insider, Rich Ewalt, little fighter um, from the northwest side of Chicago. Big fights this week. Who we got, Dave? Who's Conor McGregor? Oh, who? dude. Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz. And this is huge because uh, Nate Diaz takes this fight. Uh, well, we'll talk to Richie about it, but he, ta- he takes it on super short notice. Uh, guy got hurt that Conor was going to fight, and uh, it was going to be a big fight as it was. Nate Diaz steps in, and now it's huge. And I'm glad Richie's coming on because he's he's a, he's a fighter, right? So like, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing his take on this. Yeah. Rich, Richie, what's up? Welcome to Chalks and Dogs. What's up, dude? What's up, D and E? How you guys doing? Hey, man. Hey, I was pushing E. I'm like, dude, how are we not going to talk UFC? We got to talk. There's a huge fight this week. I know. I know. I know. So, I was all excited when uh, when uh, Eric told me about it. I was like, "Man, let me get on. Let me talk." Let me <laughs> all right, man. So, so uh, yeah. let's uh, let's break down. Um, let's go. Let's go to the early card. Uh, if you have anybody, maybe that you like. Um, oh, and your picks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some picks for you guys. All let's right, see. so uh, let's I'm let's do the early the prelims. Ca- yeah, the prelims. Yeah, the the prelims. I'll get you. Uh, yeah, Jim Miller. I like for sure at minus one forty over uh, Diego Sanchez. Oh okay. yeah. All right. Keep rolling them, yeah, dude. Uh, like, what's up? Keep going. Okay, gotcha. Um, I like uh, Chaz Skelly over Darren Aikens. Uh, Chaz Skelly is minus one hundred and fifty. Nice, I like it. Yeah, and uh, Nordine Talib plus one hundred and ninety. Wow, that's some he's good. A, that's a, some good coin yeah, right he's there. He's a dog. He's a dog. He's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna a, yeah, he, Dave, Dave, Dave's a big dog batter. I hate that. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's hard sometimes because a lot of favorites. It's hard. You really don't want to put money in the favorites, but you do the parlays with them. But uh, it's hard though. You know, anything can happen in these fights. But uh, these are the ones I kind of like. And then uh, jump to the main card. Uh, Amanda, Amanda Nunez. She's minus one fifty. She's a, she's a killer. She's, oh yeah. Uh, she might be. She might be next up for a title shot if Ronda doesn't want to take the winner of this one coming up. So she's she's right up there. She's minus 150 only. But the girl she's fighting is, is tough, too. So oh, yeah. She's be good, but I like her. Shevanko, right? Card. She's a, she's, yeah, 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 yeah. She reminds yeah, me of the Russian a, from Rocky IV, man. <laughs> she is. She's a, she's, a, she's a great Muay Thai fighter. Yeah, she's good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Amanda, I think Amanda Nunez is, is a little better. And then uh, uh, give me uh, John Vellante at plus 175. He's... He's very underrated. He's good. He's uh, Chris Weidman's boy. Yeah. He's uh, he, he's a tough guy, and he's plus 175, so I don't know why. But uh, I, I like those guys for sure. So, All right. Well, there you go. That's that's a little breakdown of the little the, the gambling side. Now, yeah, gambling let's get to side. let's get yeah. to let's get to the big the big well, the big. Well, before we get to Connor, because that's a big fight. Let's talk about Holly Holm, Misha Tate. I think everybody sure. was all Ronda, and then Ronda got her ass kicked. But everybody I talked to that knows anything about fighting was like, "Don't sleep yeah. on Holly Holm, man. She's no joke." Oh, don't sleep on Misha, you mean? Or Holly? Uh, yeah. No, no, in the Ronda fight where, you know, everybody... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah definitely, yeah, definitely. Even though the odds were, it was crazy. Uh, Holly was, Holly was like, plus 800, and Ronda was minus 11. Oh, it was, it was crazy. Unbelievable. But, but, how, but Holly Holmes, she's 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 10-0, and 0, you know. She's 19-time she's world boxing champion, like 19-time champion. That's crazy. She's got the best stand-up in women's MMA, you know, for her weight class, definitely. She she trains with the best camp, the best coaches in MMA with uh, Greg Jackson and John Winklejohn. She trains with guys, uh, all the guys, Bones Jones Jr., uh, Cowboy Cerrone, Carlos Kahn, wow. and Andre Arlovsky, uh, Alistair Overeem, John Dotson. Like I could go on. Like, she everybody. trains with the best UFC <laughs> guys. Yeah, she's 
she's she's great, and they, they they're the best at setting game plans for uh, for fights. Uh, Greg Jackson and John Winklejohn, they they set up a game plan, and their and their fighters stick to it. And uh, she's been there for five six years now. And when she spars there, they say she everyone stops to watch her spar because she is so her footwork and technique and her stand up is just light years ahead of any of these girls in the division. So yeah, Rhonda came at her like an idiot chasing her <laughs> swinging wildly you know she she was in for a long night after that first straight left that she took from holly and uh oh yeah, yeah. she i don't i don't see i don't see Rhonda ever really catching up to holly in, in stand up so the only way she could ever maybe get her again is if she can somehow get her to the ground but uh her take she's never been taken down holly Holmes. she had three fights in the ufc never been taken down once so nobody can get her down and nobody has any any business standing with her because she just picks you apart. So, her hands are uh, amazing. So, so does Misha stand a chance? Do you think uh, she's scrappy too? But uh, I mean, I think Holly Holmes got this one in the bag. Yeah, she is scrappy. She's a lot of people. A lot of people that that know Misha's been around for a while. She's she's super experienced. She's uh, she's been in the cage in the octagon uh, more minutes than any other female fighter. Any any anybody else? She's. She goes to decision almost all of her fights. She's only been stopped once, uh, and it was it was a female referee that stopped it. And this female referee doesn't referee anymore. It was, it was, it was a lot of people didn't like the stoppage, but she's tough. She gets in there and she makes it a dog fight. She comes from a wrestling background, and she is a dime piece and has the best <laughs> tail piece in women's MMA for sure. She's Misha Tate, hot as hell. Every oh yeah, Tate yeah Tate. Everybody loves her. <laughs> I and, love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's oh man, come on! <laughs> and uh, yeah, she, she she'll make it a dog fight. That's what she does in her fight. She gets she gets grimy. She gets the girls up against the cage. She gets those takedowns, and she just wears people out. You know, so that's the that's the only the the, the chance that she has is to make it ugly. Uh, I like I like Holly winning, but I like this going to decision. Uh, Misha's really hard to finish, and she's not going to chase Holly. She's not going to. She's not going to rush her like Ronda did. And Holly's two fights before she fought Ronda were both decisions. One of them was a split decision that, you know, she could have lost. It, it, the, if you don't chase Holly because she's such a great counterfighter, then it, it, Holly will just jab you, pat her pat, you know, body kick, here and there, in and out, in and out. That's her style. But if you come at her, then she counters, and then she just she picks you apart. So Ronda's not going to, I mean, uh, uh Misha's not going to do that. She's going to she's going to play safe. She's going to come in when she has the right chances and maybe get her up against a cage, maybe a nice trip or something and can get her down. If she can get her to the ground, we've never seen Holly on her back. So who knows? If she gets on her back and Misha, you know, and, and Holly has all the pressure on her after this Ronda fight, Misha's got no pressure on her coming into this. It's like, let's let's do this, you know. She's been there, done that. She's been in the UFC six fights. She's 17 and 5. She's she's a good fighter, and I think if she does have, she's got a really strong power punch too. And if she throws punches when Holly throws, instead of trying to set up her own combos, which she can't do because Holly's footwork is just too good. But if she throws when Holly throws, she might be able to catch her with something because she can take a punch. Misha, she'll she'll take, and I think she throws harder than than Holly. So she if she throws when Holly does, she might catch her off guard, and then that could lead to a takedown, and then it's a whole different game. So I'm thinking this is going to go five rounds, and I'm taking Holly home in that, though. 
Wow, right on, right on. There you go. Um, now, real quick, because uh, I know we're running short on time, but Conor McGregor yeah, and Nate yeah. Diaz. Sorry. No, no, no. This <laughs> is cool. you, man. No. Not you. He's falling yeah. asleep on me. No, no, no. no I'm talking. No, hey, no. hey, hey, you woke me up with Misha Tate being the I got I to gotta look her up. Oh, yeah. Check out the tailpiece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, so Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz. This is huge because this is one of the only fights that I can remember where uh, it's a title fight. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. The contender drops out. Another guy mm-hmm. comes in, and it's almost, a, I think, could be a bigger fight. Maybe it's all hype. But I'm wondering, with mm-hmm. your experience as a fighter, mm-hmm. from two perspectives, you got a champion mm-hmm. who's been training for one guy, and now he has to fight another, versus a guy mm-hmm. who's taken a fight on like six, seven days' notice. Uh, who's got yeah. the advantage there? Um, yeah, well, Connor, it's, it's 11 days' notice. Nate, uh, Nate got the call 11 days' notice. Uh, he's always in shape for fights, but his style, Nate's style, is nonstop. Uh, volume puncher in boxing, so he's he's known for just outwearing guys with his power punching, and that could cause him problems not having a full training camp. Uh, Connor taking the fight uh, doesn't matter who he fights. He says that all the time. He doesn't his his camp doesn't train for specific guys. That's why when Jose Aldo got hurt the first time and Chad Mendes came in, who is a beast, he took the fight no problem um, because they don't train for specific guys. They train their skills and they train. You know, another they're going to fight another guy, and he's going to do what he's going to do. He doesn't really pay attention what the other guy's going to do. He's confident in his skills and what he knows he can do in there, and he doesn't really game plan for a specific fighter. They just work on him getting better, and uh, he's he's dominated everybody he's fought. Um, he's looked he's looked incredible. I see, you know, I I see it could either be quick. Connor could just bum rush him and and starch him early and drop him, or I could see this get going a little longer, but I, I don't know. I don't know if Nate can – I love Nate, but I don't, I don't think he can maybe – maybe the third round he can get to with Connor, but it's just going to take that left hand. Connor's, Connor's left hand is, is lights out. He's hit a lot of guys with that, and they all just drop. He's so powerful. He's so fast. His, his footwork, his kicks, and Nate, in all of his losses, he gets his front leg kicked out all the time, his lead leg. Because he stands so heavy in his boxing stance, his lead leg is just there for the pickings. And Connor is such a great kicker. I don't see him not taking advantage of that, wearing out the leg, then going to the body. And without a full training camp, his midsection is going to be a little weak. Connor even said, I'm going to test his body, test his cardio. So I, I see him going body kicks, leg kicks to soften him up. And then, boom, he's going to set up that big left hand that's going to come in because uh, that's, that's his bread and butter, that left hand. And he's going to want to finish this early. He calls all of his fights. Uh, last fight, Jose Aldo, he said he was going to knock him out in the first round, did. Chad Mendez, he said he's going to let him take him down for one round, and then the second round he's going to knock him out. That's exactly what happened. Chad took him down twice in the first round. And second round, uh, Connor knocked him out. And he's saying first round, KO this time. So you got to go by what he's saying until he's uh, proven otherwise. But he, he's... he's <laughs> He's the top dog right now, you know. I don't see anybody uh, really stepping up and beating him for a little while. But, um, yeah, that, that's what I think could happen. But, Nate, I could see, you know, if it gets, you know, Nate's got submission wins and Connor's two losses before he got in the UFC were from, he got submitted twice, Connor. He's 19-2. and two. Uh-huh. Before he's in the UFC, he got tapped out twice. Uh, Nate's a black belt under Caesar Gracie. His jiu-jitsu is top level, sneaky chokes. He's got a lot of options there. So if Nate can pull his head down, maybe clamp a neck, do something, clinch with Connor, he's got a chance. And then maybe, you know, use his boxing or keep, keep Connor at range. 
because he does have a longer reach. He's got uh, he's got three inches on him on height and two inches on reach. So he could he could do it, but I just think the cardio. If Nate had a full training camp, I think this would be such a better fight because for his style of fighting, he needs to he needs to be in the best cardio. And I don't know if he's he's there right now, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Unless he can get him down, or you know, maybe Nate catches him, you know, or something. What's Connor's yeah, What's Connor's odds? T minus. Connor is uh, minus four thirty. Oh my god! Yeah, but, but listen, Daniel, hey, Daniel Cormier, you know he's he's the two hundred five champ right now. He said on UFC tonight he's got Nate Diaz winning it. So there's a lot of hype with Connor. If Nate can frustrate him, maybe get out the first round and then start talking his shit like he always does and and doing his thing, getting Connor's head a little bit, make Connor think twice, and then. But I just don't think he has the gas for five rounds, you know, to keep that up without getting eventually caught with them kicks or those that straight left that straight left is death if he gets it you know so oh man if nate wins he's just not going to shut up that guy i love nate crazy i know the pre-fight press conference was tonight i watched it and they got in a scuffle no punches were thrown they squared off nate late uh got real low like connor does and put his fist right up to him connor pushed his hand away and then they, everybody jumped in. Dana White, everybody separated them. So the weigh-ins are tomorrow. Watch, uh, I mean, on Friday, watch the weigh-ins. Uh, Misha Tate will be in a bikini. Yes, and, I was uh, going to ask that. Oh, you get to see that tailpiece. What time is uh, that? You'll get to see Connor and Diaz. What time is it? Where the, uh, it's at 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock tomorrow on uh, Fox Sports 1, uh, Friday. And uh, oh, Nate yeah. and Connor stare down is going to be great. I love watching the weigh-ins because that's when that's when you really get to see you know what's going to happen. Yeah. I like that. It's the best. So um, that's that's what I think. I think Connor either either round one with a starch and just a flurry on Nate and just overwhelms him, or I see Nate hanging on a little bit. But it's just too many too many weapons Connor has, and and he's he's in the best shape of his life. He got to. They said you saw Connor at one forty five. On, on salads. Now you get to see Connor on steak, meaning that he's happy, he's eating, he doesn't have to cut weight. He had to cut 25 pounds usually to make 145. That's a lot of weight cutting for him. So now he's just, he's, 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 he's eating full meals, he's eating good, he's strong, he's, he, he looks huge, and it's he does. exciting to see. But we'll see if he can take a punch at 170, you know? He hasn't been rocked yet in the fight, so we'll see if, if he's been fighting 145ers, we'll see if a 170 guy punches a little harder you know so it's gonna be interesting man i can't wait i hope i hope eric can can find his way over and uh come watch the fights by me hey you know what i think i think we gotta have a chocks and dogs uh ufc 200 like ufc like a special <laughs> oh that's yes that's gonna be huge that's that's what they're saving this up for originally if connor was gonna beat those Anjos for the 155 belt he was gonna go after robbie lawler at ufc 200 for the 170 belt so he's just he's just trying to knock everybody off and so far, he's he's doing it. So yeah, two hundred is their big card. They want yeah, they want Connor to get out of this fight, good, and then so he can probably take on Dos Anjos for the one fifty five belt. Yeah, right on, Richie. Thank you Thanks, so much, brother. Man. This is oh awesome. no problem, guys. Man, love it. Love the show, man. It's it's great to be on. It's an honor. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Richie. Talk to you, buddy. Bye. Bye. Later, buddy. It's a wrap, dude. What a There's, show, man. A All right, show. let's run it down. We talked. Adam Johns from the Sun-Times. Uh, then we went to Sadahev uh, Sharman from uh, Athletic Shy. Uh, then we went to Scott Powers. Scott Powers and Athletic Shy as well. Then Timmy Doyle talked a little uh, 
college basketball, NBA. He's from at one twenty sports, and our fighter from the northwest side, of Chicago, Richie Ewald, break down the UFC. Wow, that guy knows his stuff. Uh, also, check us out. Twitter, Chalks and, at Chalks and Dogs, on Facebook. That's where you're going to catch us most of the time. Like us, man. Subscribe. Yeah. Just subscribe, dude. We're having yeah. fun. We're talking Misha Tate. We're talking titties. Yep. Subscribe and, <laughs> and rate, you know, give, give us a rating. And, uh, you know, if you, if you have two seconds, you can take uh, time to maybe, you know, write a comment. But the ratings is really what drives this thing. So uh, if you like us and, and you want more people to listen to us and you want it to be, uh, you know, Get the word out. Put some ratings on uh, iTunes, on Stitcher, yep. on all that stuff. Check it out. Um, and tell your friends. Yeah. And hopefully, maybe we'll do another live show soon. Yeah. For D, I'm E. What's this?